Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but yes. occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? I'm okay, and I hope Carmelo is doing okay. Yes. Best of best of best best wishes to Carmelo and his health. Yeah, the whole Anthony family. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone. Well, just the general world. Best, best wishes to the health for the general world. Uh, I have some pretty big breaking news, Natty, that I feel like I have you and our tens of listeners have been dying to hear from me. Finally admit after months and months of pestering questions from you. Shit. Did you get signed by the Nets? Are you, are you going to Orlando? <laughs> I am going to Orlando to invade the uh, bubble and pop it. Congratulations. <laughs> That's great. Ugh, I was hoping that was what you were going to say. Awesome. Yep. I finally saw the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Wait, when did you see it? How far into the global into shutdown where you couldn't do anything else? Pretty far. Well, once it got up on Disney Plus, then I didn't have an excuse. Then I was like, okay, I got the time. Let's watch it. I had. What do you seen mean? Didn't have an excuse. You didn't have an excuse when it was in theaters. You're, well, you I, say I, I you're a Star Wars fan. Money I'm just go saying. See it. I know. I know. But then you had to pay money and you had to get there, and that's a whole process. But when it's Wait, in the comfort you of pay your money home, for Disney Plus, so it's really so that's what it is. You just like wanted to be able to chillax. Oh yeah. I didn't want to get, have to like actually make an evening of it. Or it's just like, cause then you, cause then I have to w- rope, you know, I have to convince my wife Becca that she wants to participate in it. Cause if it's just during the day when she's working, then I'm just like, well, I've got, you know, three hours in the middle of the day to just set aside and uh, put my phone Wait, down. Does, and- does your wife not support star Wars? Oh, she does. But this trilogy, I mean, she's she saw The Force Awakens and and enjoyed it, but like she doesn't have the same uh, nostalgic love for it that I do. Uh, and so, you know, when Force Awakens came out, she saw it and was like, "Yeah, I mean, enjoyable. I want to see what the trilogy plays out." But uh, before we get into actual basketball news, I figure we can continue <laughs> on this topic a little bit more. What is? I feel like. The, there's a this petition or, or something going around being like, hey, let's replace the Last Jedi and and correct the trilogy. Am I crazy in thinking that Last Jedi is not the one that needs to be corrected? Well, that's an interesting question because it's two questions in one. I think it's the first question is, does that particular specific movie need to be corrected? And the second question is, does the trilogy need to be corrected? And I don't think that the answer to either of those is yes. I think you can – it's a made-up world. 
Just do whatever you want, dude. <laughs> like you don't need like the whole canon thing. Listen, man, I am a laminated card carrying nerd. Read all of the old canon shit. Like still consider uh, that more Star Wars than like any of the prequels or the sequels, really. Uh, like Dark Empire means more and like the Timothy Zahn mo- uh, books. Like, come on, get out of here. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like he's more of a character than any of the sequel people are to me in real star wars but it this is comic book shit like who cares man just do whatever you want none of it's real like consider canon whatever you want but understand that like good stories are good stories and you can enjoy them however you want to like this is ridiculous like the fact that people are going around being like we need to cancel this trilogy are just so ensconced in the fandom that they don't really understand that it like it doesn't matter just do whatever you want do fanfic fanfic's great yeah i thought i thought the first spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it i thought the <laughs> the ray the sith win because the, they have the a whole planet made out of fucking star destroyers <laughs> that is so Jesus. Uh, God. Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry. I do feel like, I mean, if we're getting into the nitty gritty here, like <laughs> the amount of the amount of time and effort that the Sith and the Republic has like put into building these massive weapons of destruction and then never getting to use them. I feel like you would you would start taking more precautions when you build these massive fleets of like, hey, let's go quickly like let's get going before anything kind of like they eventually develop a plan to like shut us down or have some sort of like backup plan like what if when they brought down that whole fleet what if all of a sudden then like looming in the horizon is another death star and you're in the you know rebellions like wow fuck like we just spent all this effort taking down your whole fleet and this death star is just with planet destroying power just looming there in the distance what are we we're, we're screwed I feel like you should, by this point in time, the Sith should be uh, taking more precautions, having a backup plan. Have a plan B. The problem with Death Stars is that they can be destroyed in the same cheap way that planets and moons can be destroyed, which is you just throw shit at them. Like, you don't need (laughs) to laser them. You can just throw asteroids at them and obliterate everything just like the death star which is the size of a moon like i know you can blow it up with clever jedi tricks and trust your feelings and that missile like takes a 90 degree turn when it goes down hey don't it's a hard left (laughs) (laughs) like that's uh, and that's like one of the least ridiculous problematic things in star wars because obviously like all of it's crazy but you just don't need the death star like you could have made a trillion asteroid missiles to kill every planet you wanted just by putting like little engines on all these things also you never get into like how the death star travels like it doesn't just get built in one system blow something up and then they leave it there. Do they it have just like a ghost. giant engine propeller? Can or? that motherfucker warp? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on with, here? With If it can, I feel like if you can, like, okay, if you actually time it, it takes what? A minute max to, like, recharge this, to, like, to charge it all up in order to destroy a planet? Like, you know, 
uh, Princess Leia is not staring out that window for like an hour as they're, you know, <laughs> right. all like, is it ready yet? Is it ready right. yet? Almost, so almost. I just feel like if you have this super planet destroyer that uh, we're presuming if it can warp, like how can you not just be like, boom, planet, blow it up, warp, boom, planet, blow it up, boom, warp, and just like pop around the galaxy and just blow everything up before the Repo- the rebellion's even like, oh shit, they have this giant planet destroying, you know, star. Yeah. And the just star the, the killer base is also stupid. Like management. the whole, obviously when you look at Star Wars, even a little bit critically, it all falls to pieces. <laughs> like, first of all, there's no such thing as magic. Second of all, a galaxy far, far away, the odds of them speaking English are pretty fucking low. <laughs> uh, third of all, like... <laughs> <laughs> there's no sound in space and like lasers don't look like that. Like you can't see lasers. They're outside. Well, there's of no the oxygen to like make explosions. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And you know, and the weird thing about star Wars is that they let all of that unrealistic and irrealistic shit happen. And, but like Luke's dad can't be James Earl Jones. You know, like, yeah. Oh, it's wait, wait, wait. He can't have a black dad. Like, that's people won't believe it. You're like, what are you? It's about space wizards, like ten thousand years ago. What, what? What's going on here? Like It'll, his whole voice. People what, can't. Who cares? People can't, people can't deal with it. As long as we're in full agreement that the Sith and the Republic were, you know, led by James Dolan. I mean, I think that's the only thing that we can assume. Like, people try to read into the Star Wars mythos and being like, look at how vulnerable the Republic and the Jedi were to malevolent, manipulative forces. And you're like, yeah, that read one history book. Like, what are you talking about? That happens everywhere. All the, Like, George Lucas took primary basic stories and oh, yeah. gave them lasers and lightsabers. That, But, you know, you can apply all of this to everything you want to. Yeah. It's... If you look at it closely, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And evidence A is the first movie in the trilogy is about a fucking trade embargo. You know, like, come on, man. Let's The Phantom ride. Menace. The deficit. The deficit. <laughs> we have to balance a budget sheet. <laughs> yeah. Rent seeking. Come on. Um, all right. Well, let's talk back. Well, wait, but did you did you like Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought the the fact that she was Palpatine's descendant was like, eh, okay. Uh, I think I I was the big the biggest thing that I was kind of underwhelmed by. I felt like they gave a, a serviceable answer to it, but they really I would have liked them to have really delved in it more. Was Ray's and uh, Kylo Ren's like Force connection, and they like briefly, or they kind of like you know explained it a little bit but i just felt like that was something really cool and unique to like this new trilogy that they could have done something really cool with which they didn't really they were just kind of like i mean it was like we're we're connected through the you know sith or whatever i don't know i feel you um i would the only it's not even like an ante but like rejoinder i guess would be that I don't think that the word Sith is even mentioned in the original trilogy. So, like, I think a lot of Star Wars is about filling in 
what happens around the movies and the Jedi duology or what a dyad. They're a dyad. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Like, I think that's like, we're going to explore this in the comic books and the novels and the video games and the TV shows. Mm-hmm. And, because like a lot of the stuff that we know about Star Wars wasn't actually like even mentioned in the original sure. trilogy. Yeah. No, I just thought that that was like, that was something that was cool and unique. That was a different manifestation of the force that we hadn't seen before. And that it just kind of then fell on like nothing, nothing really cool came of it. I agree. I liked the idea. I liked the mechanic, especially because the entire series is about like balance and like whether that's actually a good thing or a bad thing. And I do like, the movie shows life and romance and love and hope. Duh. It's Star Wars movie. But the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey, no matter what happens with uh, the canon for Star Wars, like that relationship is always going to matter in Star Wars going forward, I think. It's the most interesting thing about the entire new trilogy. I totally agree. Like, it was complicated. It wasn't easy. But they obviously dig each other. Oh, they did. They dug. The dugging but was it, deep. But it was also, like, the retconning in Rise. Also, Rise of Skywalker is such a shitty name. That's so goddamn yeah. bad. Yeah. That was, uh, Jesus. Was Wait, so how did you feel when she buried the uh, lightsabers at the end and, like, lit her new one up? I mean, it was... I. I was, it, it did not strike as much of a chord with me as like Force Awakens when I watched it. And that was probably because I saw it when it like first came out and was like deprived of Star Wars content. Force oh, Awakens, sure. like, everything that happened, I was like, yes, this is incredible. It was so both- funny. And like, there was so much fan service, but who cares? Right. Like Han Solo's in it. Like, get out of here. And there was, and there was some of that too. There were some moments too in The Last Jedi that were like that. I had like, the final showdown between Kylo Ren and Luke, I know some people had issues with that. I thought it was, I rewatched it and I was like, this is actually great. Like, this is awesome. I'm fully on board with this. I didn't find, and I only saw, I mean, I've only seen rise once and maybe I need to watch it again. I, there weren't moments in there where I was just like, yes. Like even when Ren just like, or Ray, uh, figures out how to do lightning and like destroys Palpatine that way. <laughs> oh, I was just like, okay, cool. Like I wasn't, I wasn't blown away to the point where I was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah. A lot of unlocked skills and like, <laughs> you know, power ups out of nowhere occur. Right, in this. right, 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 right. And I know that people have talked about that too, where it's like, it took Luke, like all three movies to become like pretty proficient with the lightsaber. And Ray like picks one up and it's like, I am a fucking master. Ooh, okay, so I'm going to be devil's advocate. I think that happens. Yes, let's go full nerd. Okay, so I think the rationalization for why that gets explained later is that there are so few force wielders in the galaxy anymore. She's like one of the only Jedi, so it would make sense that her skills are... uh, like more enhanced Mm. and also if she's a dyad with kylo ren maybe she's good at lightsabers because he's good at lightsabers Mm. 
Also, okay. that's not really grammatically correct, but you know, if you're good at lightsabers, you're good at lightsabers. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 So you're you're saying that there's like there's a a, a specific like like matter in the universe. There's a specific amount of force, and when there are less people who can tap into the force, those who can tap into it get more of it. Is that kind of what you're? I think saying? that's how they'll rash. Like they're going to explain. I mean, that makes sense that because makes, nerds that's... want the. Yeah, it's fine. There will be a six issue mini series comic book where it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, well Ray like got to channel this stuff because when there's only seven Jedi, like all of them are gods. Whatever, yeah. who cares? I can dig that. I can dig that. Uh, hats off to those who stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> those who who you know, the cap totally. tuning into the uh, long two podcast, ready for some basketball talk, and we're whatever twenty minutes in, and just getting to it. But we're getting to it. I promise. We are talking off season. We're looking ahead, and we're talking one move that each non playoff team should make this off season. Uh, Natty, why don't we start with you? We each, there were what, eight teams. We each took four. Um, and so we have one move, one signing, one trade, one. I know you said a lot of your guys are, are free agent gets mine are a whole plethora of things, but let's start. Nice. Charlotte Hornets. What is the one move that the Charlotte Hornets need to make? Okay. Charlotte's. So this is talking about teams like we have no idea what the future holds what's going to go on we're just talking about rosters now and like relatively reasonable predictions for the future after we're making, free we're agency making a mild assumption that yeah. things will be normal enough that a 2021 season will occur and that there will be an off season that will get you that you need to get prepared for that 2021 season yeah and like you don't have to wear like mech battle suits and <laughs> right it's right. just like regular basketball right okay so charlotte they i like i like this team they're a fun team so it's Devonte graham scary terry rogier miles bridges pj fucking washington and cody oh zeller uh this is a team that is very small and listeners of this podcast will know that I don't really think that you need to spend hard for point guards or for centers unless they're elite elite. I think this team could use a tall wing. I think mm-hmm. Joe Harris would be a really smart signing for this team. He's a guard with size. He's not great at defense, but like this team, uh, uh, like they don't really need an elite defender as much as they need someone who can space the floor for the real, you know, stars of the team, which are the wings, miles bridges, and hopefully PJ. What did I say? Hopefully he will be the best player in the NBA in four years. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a great get, especially since this team was like, wasn't bad from, from downtown during the season. And so I think adding yet another three point shooting presence and a guy who, I think this one is one of a, the best three point oh, shooting yeah. present. Well, and and also a guy too who isn't going to take the ball out of PJ Washington or Miles Bridges' totally. hands. Like he can play that role where he just kind of waits in the wings, waits on you know behind the line and gets the dump pass 
and he's able to, you know, get you a corner three. So I think that's always something where you want to find the pieces to take a young team and, and give them that next step, but you don't want to do it at the expense of your young talents development. And so I think Joe Harris is a perfect kind of role player who's already set in that role pairs. Well, gives them some size, like you were talking about uh, as well as outside shooting. And he's like a five and a half guy. Like he can start for you or he can come off the bench. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's if he's your sixth man or even seventh, like it's totally okay. Um, A couple of the other people I thought about Derek Favors, Christian Wood and Paul Millsap, I thought would Mm -hmm. be an interesting addition to this team as like a vet with super savvy and maybe wouldn't mind coming off the bench. Um, yeah, let me, let me, I was going to talk about, I had my, in the order of my notes, I had the bowls next, which I'm, which I'm covering, but I'm going to nice. switch that. I'm going to switch, oh. and pop them down later and instead talk about the Cavs because I have the Cavaliers okay. doing a similar move as to what you're talking about, which is, I think that the Cavs, you know, they need to, we, this is not anything new. If you look at their depth chart, they need a forward, right? You've got two guards. <laughs> no, they Colin have Chidi Osman. It's fine. It's there, fine. Yes, dude. Exactly. They you have Colin Sexton, Darius Garland in the backcourt. And then you've got Andre Drummond. If you're going to, I think they're going to pick up his option or resign him or whatever the deal. Is. No, it's the player option. And it's he's option. picking it up. They're going to have to, because it's like 20 million, maybe extend him. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Drummond and then Kevin Love, obviously, yes. and Tristan Thompson. So anyways, the, yep. the, the Cavs need, you need a legit forward to, to get onto this team. And so in the same thought process of Joe Harris, David Bertans, baby, our boy. Ooh. Give him the give Latvian him some, laser. Give him just Fuck. some more yes. three-point scoring. And we know Sexton and Garland, defense is a lost cause on this team. So let's just not even try. <laughs> and let's just see, let's just put up as many points as possible on the offensive side. And you've got Sexton, Garland, Bertans, Love, and Drummond running the court. Like, yeah, that will that can outscore, that can outscore a team per 100 possessions. Still so would be, so if they were a starting five, it would be Sexland, Latvian Laser, K-Love, and Drum. And that is a bad defensive team. However, this is a bad defensive team. Like, yeah. that's not going to change. Kevin it. Love isn't going to play every game like it's the fucking finals. And Drum is what he is on defense. Actually, Drum's still relatively young. He'll get smarter. Um, but the, rook, the, the young guards, they need a lot of improvement on that end. And honestly, they need a lot of improvement on the offensive end too. And in terms of efficiency, um, the laser provides them an outlet pass, which would probably help their stats mm-hmm. and, you know, their scoring. So I love that. That's great. Uh, I actually agreed with you. So like I tried to pick like your teams too. And I was uh, like, GR three, Glenn Robinson, the third, like he might sure. be a nice sort of like affordable, solid wing, uh, Chidi Osman esque hmm. eye roll. Um, but the Cavs are also going to be in a weird position where they're going to be paying their front court a lot of money. So like Tristan Thompson won't be there because Drummond's going to pick up his option. Uh, I mean, I assume, I don't think they're going to keep all three. So unless they can trade Kevin Love, uh, I don't think Tristan Thompson will be there. 
So that's a pretty expensive front court. And you're going to have to try to use them to help train your young guards. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Kevin Love and Drummond aren't really great for that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of team, that's not very great at developing or, you know, breeding success. What if you Knicks say gotta- Pistons, I'm hanging up right now, you <laughs> fucker. What do the Knicks got to do this offseason? Okay. The Knicks. The Let's Knicks. talk about their roster. Uh, Alfred Payton, who, by the way, had, let's see. Low-key good fantasy numbers. 10 points per game, seven dimes, four plus boards. Uh, you know, a couple of steals per game, one and a half. Like he looked better. It's just that I it to have a player like Alfred Payton on your team, I think that you need like pretty good scores everywhere else. And the Knicks have one pretty good scorer, Julius Randle, but that's it. Like RJ Barrett is I don't know, seven years old, you know, like uh, I'm not sure if he can even walk yet. He needs to be the way to develop young players is to have a competent point guard and a good defensive center who can get rebounds and throw it down the court. And so for the Knicks, I do think Alfred Payton is competent, but like on the low end. So my pick would be Fred Van Vliet. Mm. I would offer him Like, I think he'll probably stay in Toronto, but if I were the Knicks, I'd be like, yo, you're young, you're exciting, you've been there, you can help all of our young guys, let's go. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially, and I think you're right that he could, or there's a chance that he stays in Toronto, but I also see, given the amount of kind of like pub that he's gotten recently and and like the strides that he has taken since, you know, the championship they won and that run, I could easily see him wanting to be like, I would like to like run my own offense. Let's get out from under Kyle Lowry. Like let's do my own thing. And you know, there's always the draw of being the one who saves the Knicks. Now I'm not saying Fred Van fleet is going to like come in and fix the Knicks, but I feel like there's still always this draw of like, God, this fan base needs someone to root for and to love like Lynn sanity for that. Like two sure. weeks that like Jeremy Lynn was the best player in the NBA. Fucking people went mad for him. And so if you, if like Fred Van Fleet could take his developing talent from Toronto where no one cares about Okay, but here's the thing. As a as someone who grew up adjacent to Canada, I'm from Michigan. Uh I I get what you're saying because New York is the city, but Fred Van Fleet would be leaving 30 million fans. You know what I'm saying? Like there's sure, no sure, other sure. Canada team. Well, so also, like I guess I was speaking more like in an American market. You, oh, for you, sure. Absolutely. And yeah. but you're right. That, like, like he, obviously, if you can save the Knicks, you will be immortalized and you'll go to the Hall of Fame probably just because that's where just all the you did is. that. Yeah. Like yeah. It, there's a also the Knicks are sort of known for having like hard headed guards. Like if FEV came in, you know, he's like kind of tough ass has a little bit of a swagger cause he has a chip and he's like, I know how to win. That's cool. 
Um, also, the Knicks have a bunch of like guard issue. Uh, are they keeping Frank Nilakina? What is Dennis Smith Jr.? You know, like yeah. is uh, what do you do with him? Um, RJ Barrett, I think, is the most important asset you have. Uh, Orange Julius is there, but also Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox needs a good Kevin point Knox had guard. A, yeah, he he. There was a lot of buzz about him, and then it kind of fizzled out with his last season. So maybe there'll be a reclamation project to try to get his career back on track. Like, I wonder if someone is going to ask the Knicks for one of their front court players and Kevin Knox and just be like, yo, like, we'll take that contract and we'll also take this wing who maybe you don't want because maybe he crowds out RJ Barrett. Uh, But he's, I think he's an intriguing player, but I'm not really sure if the Knicks are the right kind of team for him to truly blossom. That's fair. Uh, All right, let's talk about the Bulls. And the Bulls, it's not a player, but it's one obvious move that they got to (laughs) make. Natty, I'm sure you can probably predict this. This is not... Resign Jim Boylan. (laughs) Fucking five-year extension, dude. Uh, Just give him the reins. Yeah, kick Jim Boylan out out of Chicago. Like, the fact that your best player and your head coach are already butting heads is not a great sign. Uh, but we were, I mean, when we did our, our Disagree, early podcast, <laughs> when, we did, when we did our earlier podcast talking about, like, our, you know, playoff predictions way too early before the season even started, you and I both were like, this Bulls team could be, could sneak into the eighth seed in the East or it could be even higher. Like, this is a talented squad if everyone's healthy and everyone's firing on cylinders. And I know injuries played into it. They won 22 games. Like that is that is a wild underperformance. And I'll go one further, Natty. Not only should they fire Jim Bolin, go get Kenny Atkinson. Go get Ooh. oh, I like that. The easily the best coach sure. on the market. I like who him. was doing phenomenal for the Nets before he just got expedited out of there for you know, because Kyrie said conscious no, uncoupling. Okay, it's, dude. Like exactly. someone knew the Rona was coming. And he was like, I'm out. There you go. Um, So, yeah. So I just think, I think if you get with the amount of talent that's there in Chicago, get Kenny Atkinson or any coach who actually knows what they're doing, get rid of Jim Boylan. And this team is, you're going to get a big, get a big jump from 22 wins. I was half dreading that. I mean, not even half dreading. So like, obviously this has been a scary time. And at one of my darkest moments before Garpax was disintegrated, I was like, oh shit, what if what if they go get Daryl Morey? Because Ooh, God. R- the team is rife for trades. Like I think yeah. every single player on that team is basically <sighs> tradable, except I I think we both like Wendell Carter. Like he's a fun player. I mean, he's tradable, obviously, but like Zach, Daddy, I am. I'm so aroused right now at the thought of of Maury taking over this roster and just like he'd go crazy it and rebuilding it. it. He'd oh go absolutely God. crazy with it. Yeah, I, I mean, very interesting things would occur. But you know, like Chicago, which is great. Fuck them forever. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so the Bulls underperformed, but. The finisher was injured. Wendell Carter Jr. was injured. Otto Porter Jr. was injured. Uh, you know, it's like they they had a lot of bad oh, luck, yeah. or maybe they just have bad health staff uh, and a terrible coach who makes you practice too hard. 
Um, but they've had that for a while now, back to back. <laughs> I mean, actually, the Bulls, I sort of feel like generally have good coaching luck. It's just they tire of them, mm-hmm. like because they, you know, the MJ doc. It's like as soon as right. Phil Jackson has success, it's like, oh, well, get rid of him. Uh, like as soon as you, uh, even Tom Thibodeau, like they, mm, anyway, um, there's so many moves the Bulls could make, but as a Pistons fan, I'm hoping they don't make any moves and they re-sign Boylan and it still sucks. So I think that the best realistic cynical move they could make if they kept everything together and a move that could actually like really help the team is a full-on blue-collar signing. How about Aaron Baines? Sure. Yeah. I love Aaron Baines. I know you love Aaron Baines. I love me some Aaron Baines. He is a guy that can stretch the floor like the finisher, but also be inside like Wendell Carter Jr. I think he's a real switchable dude for the Bulls. And I think if either one of the young guys was hurt, he'd be able to come in and they'd do just fine. And Like consistency is good for them. Right. And he's bring and he brings that Aussie toughness that they've been lacking since yep. you know, joking Noah, who's not Aussie, but had that interior toughness. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason to believe that centers won't change as much as we think they will, just because like if you have a big fucking strong ass dude in the paint, it's gonna be hard to fucking get a layup, you know? Like yeah. you're gonna get fouled and no one likes to get fouled or, or just like a dude in there who just who doesn't care like doesn't care like will yeah will smack sure. you around with little fucks given because draymond does the same thing but like it's the it's the fact that you can just be physical as you know not care about any kind of like physicality my job is to hurt their driver right because yep. then they won't drive as much exactly. like it's very 1950s like punch him if you have to you know like there's so that gives me hope for someone like Drummond. So it's like, I don't think that centers will score as much going forward, but you know, there's still an interior presence is always going to be important. I think. Yeah. So I I, like, that's one of the reasons why I continue to believe in Wendell Carr. Like I, I do like the bulls roster. I've always liked Otto Porter jr. He's, you know, like the contract he has, the contract he has and good for him, but I think he's a really good complimentary player. Uh, all right, before we move on to the final four teams that we still got to talk about, let's take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Natty, let's talk Hawks. 
Trey Young, mm. obviously the staple there, but what are they going to do in this offseason to continue their or even expedite their build? Okay, so here's their roster, I think, going forward. Ice Trey, Kevin Herter, uh, the two young wings, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, John Collins, jo- do- yeah. soon to be Dr. John Collins, if My everything goes apace. Boy. Right, your boyfriend, he you claimed him, flag yep. planted, you got it. And Clint Capella, right? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So I think that team screams to me that you have a lot of perimeter players already that you're hope that you want to give reps to. So maybe adding to that crowd is a bad thing. So maybe go inside. I thought that Tristan Thompson would actually be a pretty Ooh, good fit there. I like that. Cause like, he's a dude that knows how to win. He's not as old as people think he is. And he can get you a double, double pretty consistently. He's a reliable player and he has played with difficult to play with players. Like Kevin love is sort of difficult to play with. LeBron James is obviously difficult to play with. You don't uh, say, just because like they're when you play with all nba players they're unless they're completely instinctual and you really don't get there that way like they're just smarter than you you know like they know where the angles are they know how people are going to attack or defend they know how to play better than you do tristan thompson is not as talented a player as ice tray offensively but he's a guy who knows how to like be with a star, if that makes sense. So I think like that would be a good chemistry alignment. Like I've played with LeBron, like obviously you can score 35 a night. Cool. Right on. Uh, you need to work on some other things and I'm going to be here and I'll, I'll have your back. Like I'm your center. Yeah. And I, I like that call a lot. Cause I think I, again, I'm, I think Tristan Thompson, he's a guy who I've also wanted the Celtics to, you know, if he yeah, got bought totally. out, I was like, oh man, I would love for the Celtics to get him for this for sure. push because he can rebound. He can take up the middle uh, and he's, and he's, you're right. He's been around there. And I think that is a lot that he can offer to a young team and the Hawks are a perfect, I think that's a perfect, perfect get because, or a perfect move for them to make. Like he's played against one of the best defensive teams of all time. And he's played against look, he has played against LeBron. So uh, there's, he, he's been around for a dude as young as he is. And he's had to play in weird situations. And I've always liked Tristan Thompson. I feel like he's a pretty good player. I think so too. Uh, All right. Let's talk your Detroit Pistons. And you probably will not like this one move (sighs) that I took upon myself to, uh, to make, but they trade for LeBron. If you, Yes, they could. Exactly. He doesn't you, have a no trade clause, does he? You they like could that? do it. Is, is that they the move you wanted it. me to? <laughs> Shit. Just to make him feel bad. Just to make him. Yeah. Just, you know, go win your Asterix championship with the Lakers and then get traded to Detroit. Dude, I feel so like this whole year was going to be about him. Like, yeah, when Kobe happened in January and then the everyone knew the MJ dog was coming out. It was going to be like this was a moment for LeBron to like elevate himself 
without like trying to crowd out the spotlight if that makes sense you know like he was sharing it with people and he was doing it for other people and now it's oh god like i still want him to win even if there's an asterisk i would still love him to win this yeah it might be the one time in my life i ever root for the lakers to do anything and i say might because i actually probably probably never will but <laughs> no it is not that like, the detroit should trade I hope for the nets <laughs> like much rather God, that's a good question though. A, a Nets, a Nets Lakers uh, finals would leave me torn beyond belief. Dude, the fact that there's fewer games means that the variance is higher. So there, there's also no the way chance the Nets, are, the Nets are doing well, nothing yeah. with half their I team mean, out because of COVID. No, but I think that that throws like they're a mule. You know, like anything could happen. They could that's tear right. down the foundation. And yeah. the only way to save the galaxy is to have Stop psychics. stalling. Do you want to hear what the Pistons <laughs> need to do? God damn it. I guess. I'm <laughs> dreading this. Okay, what do you think? What All do you right. think? If the Pistons are going to move forward, if they're going to actually contend at some point Big in the near future, go trade Blake Griffin. I know it's heartbreaking, but he's 31 years old. He's had a litany of leg injuries. He's costing $75 million over the next two years. It's going to be tough to move him, but you there's no way that they're going to have like a success that they can build upon in the next couple of years with Blake there, because he's not going to be their future franchise guys guy. You've seen players come up Christian Wood, for instance, you've seen players, young players on that team develop and like show something. And I think this is, they now need to just steer into that, tear things down. It sucks because god damn it Blake was amazing in the 2018-19 season and you know you really hoped that he could have built off of that and like continue to be that point forward power forward do it all guy for for Detroit um but it's not all terrible for Blake cuz talk to tell me Natty what would you th- what would you say similar to how we've talked about Tristan Thompson and similar to kind of how we talked about uh kind of Joe Harris but this is this is an, a superstar going to a team to help make them take that next step what would you how would you feel about the Suns calling and you pair Blake Griffin with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and you now have this veteran player with this young nucleus and now the Suns are a real contender in the west so you began that by sounding like Vladimir Putin and an enemy of all mankind. And you ended it by being the coolest guy in the world, because of course I'd like to see that dude, the passing like, it would be also, incredible. Sure. Yeah. The fucking, are you, this is Dr. Doom's time, which is just going to be tragic. And like, we're never going to go anywhere. It's just going to be 20 years of horror. But that's okay, because I love Siku Dumboya. And Blake should, pro- since he's so old, he should go to some a state with old people. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so like, Arizona makes sense. Send him to a dry heat, you know? <laughs> like, his knees will probably be better. Uh, they had Steve Nash. Like, I'm sure that they have a pretty good medical staff, maybe, except Sarper. Um, I feel like Blake advanced in ways as a player that got overshadowed by every other single player doing well. (laughs) And also that like Detroit's 
you know, mediocre. Like it's right. not even that they're bad. It was that they were mediocre and boring. So um, I love Blake. I think he's a really good player. And I think he turned into an actual point forward. And I think he would be an incredible on fire addition to the Phoenix Suns. Like that would be, I think a top five team that you'd want to watch. Oh God. They they would. Yes. They would instantly be a team that you would, you would want to, to watch whenever and however you could. I'm glad. Like that, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I won you back over with, with him going to the Suns. Dude. I just like George W. Bush. Like I looked into your eyes and I saw your soul and you're not Putin anymore. Like you're a beautiful <laughs> angel and I totally trust you. Um, it Good. is. Yeah. Absolutely. Because first of all, anyone that says anything bad about the Detroit Pistons, aside from Pistons fans, is an asshole. Second of all, the Pistons were in a quandary because they wanted to succeed in a weak conference, and they just couldn't. And that has to do for, I mean, there are a lot of reasons for that, but it's like, if Blake had been healthy, they should have made the eighth seed. You know what I'm saying? Like that. No, I agree. The East is so weak and Blake is so, so good. Like it's so crazy that, that, uh, but whatever it's so anything that has Blake playing consistently, I am for, and I don't think it needs to happen in Detroit. I don't really like Detroit's roster right now, aside from a few guys like Sviatoslav Kyliuk and Siku get the fuck rid of Derek Rose. Uh, But (laughs) You know, like there's, there are avenues. He's only 31, Blake. Like there are avenues for him to have like another four years where he's playing at a pretty good level, I think, if he's on the right team. Right. And before, and this last point, then we'll move on because we got two teams left. But, uh, and that was one of the things that I liked about the Suns as as a potential pairing is that the pressure I feel like moves off of Blake there because it's Devin Booker's team. It's Devin Agreed. Booker's team and it's DeAndre Ayton as the second, like it's Blake is there to help boost those two guys or the young squad that, that the right. Suns have. As He's like Clay like, Thompson almost. He's like, exactly. I'm the dude at the other exactly. end of the triangle. Right. Which I feel like will help revitalize those legs and, re- and allow him to, you know, rest and be healthy for a full, you know, 82 game season, as opposed to like, Hey, you're going to a team now where we're again, all relying on you to be, you know, our assist leader, our rebound leader, our points leader. Like you need to do everything. Dude. And just to remind people, his dimes went up, his three pointers went up. Like he yeah. looked good. He, he looked, looked fun, like yeah. a legit point forward. It was, it was, it was awesome nice. to see. Um, I will say, so the only dude that I really thought I would get excited about as a signing for Detroit, just because I don't think they can do anything that's like really noteworthy, like give it a chance. Oh, yes. Let's have Isaiah Thomas. God, I love, you know, for the team that had Isaiah Thomas, let's, let's give Isaiah Thomas a fucking contract. Let's see what you got. Let's see what's up. Uh, all right, two teams left. Maddie, quickly, Warriors. What do you got them doing? Other than fucking getting Steph and Clay back and the first overall pick, and now becoming a powerhouse back again in the West. Right. So I think the only things you can be sure of for the roster are Steph, Clay, Dre, 
and I think you can be sure that Wiggins will be there. Yeah. Like I'm not really, his contract is weird enough where it's like, are you, can you trade it for value? And I also think that he's a pretty good compliment. Wow. Sorry. Complimentary (laughs) player for that trio. Um, I had three dudes circled. I think though, that the first of them is the best. I'd love to see Danilo Gallinari on this team. Love it. He was a guy who I was thinking for the, uh, for the Cavs when I was trying to fill that forward position, but I, him for the Warriors is beautiful. Dude, like tall wing, he can shoot. Like he always makes teams better when he's healthy and he would be, you know, third banana at most on the team for, in terms of like scoring obligation. I think he would look absolutely fucking fantastic on the Warriors, but everybody looks good on the Warriors. Really. Right. But, and we've talked about, I feel like we've talked about him before on the podcast. Like he has been great into his 30s. Yes. I mean, he's 31 years old. And I feel like between the Clippers and OKC this last year or this year, I guess. Yeah. It was this year. Uh, I know, but it feels like last year. I mean, like fucking forever ago, but these last two years averaging 19, you know, 19 points per game, averaging, you know, five to six rebounds, three assists. Solid. Those are solid numbers on 30 minutes. Dude, when I first started writing for fake teams, I got schooled by one of our readers because they were like, why are you surprised that his plus minus is always good? And it was because I hadn't been watching enough games and I hadn't looked at enough of his film. Like, he's a good player. It's just that he's not ever really been put in a position where he needs to be like a star like he can compliment almost anybody which i feel like is where he's going like why change a role that you are thriving in and i and with the warriors in the warriors he'd fit he'd walk right into that same role and it would be perfect and i i mean jesus like talk about like the odds of winning a ring with a healthy staff and a healthy clay i think are pretty high oh yeah like both those guys are younger than lebron um, the only other dudes that I thought of were obviously mellow, which I would love to see. And, uh, if DeMarcus cousins is healthy, I think that would make sense for yep. golden state. Do like a little, maybe uh, a three-year contract, like we believe back. in you. Yeah. And you know, you're an interior presence. Cause like one of the things for golden state is Dre isn't getting younger. Yeah. You're that's going to need to start helping him. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Well, Good thing you have the uh, potential for the number one pick overall in this draft. (coughs) But what does that mean, really? Like this draft, I've heard people say this draft is going to be one of the worst drafts in recent memory, but also one of the most surprising. Because like, well, and I would especially with this, like who knows what the trades? Well, yeah, especially with COVID. But yeah, but I'd also, I mean, I. I would trust uh, I trust the Warriors staff to know who they're they they've they've been pretty good with their draft picks up until this point. I guess they're okay with them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, second round pick Dre, like that. I guess they're all right. But the only reason they have Steph is because Minnesota was terrible twice. Con, Maddie, what a marvelous transition to our final knockoff team you go Look we're all you about go. the transitions dude it's a fucking spielberg bleed in bleed yeah there you go dude <laughs> it's like uh, through the binoculars into what you see they're digging in the wrong place 
there is clearly one move that the Timberwolves need to do. Their number one priority Ooh. this offseason is locking down Malik Beasley. 100%. Okay. Malik yeah. Beasley came in, averaged 20.7, 5.1, 1.9 across his 14 games with the Wolves after getting traded from Denver. He we showed him so much. Excellent He's running game with stud. D'Angelo Russell. And Towns wasn't even on the court when those when he and, and right. Russell were running games. So, like, Cat, D.A.R., and Beasley, that right there is your fundamental. That is your core for the Timberwolves for the future. Lockdown Malik totally. Beasley. Let those three guys play together for a season, a season plus. See what you got there because Beasley looked so fucking good with them once he left Denver. And there's just it would be stupid for them to let him even, like, sniff free agency. Lock him down and uh, and ride into twenty nine or twenty twenty with him. I love that. I think like if nothing else changed and that also happened, or like if you stripped the roster to its spare bones, it would be Dar, Malik Beasley, Jarrett Culver, Akogi, Big Cat, and then you get to fill out however you want. I don't hate and that. I think, but like Beasley with Big Cat is such a good tandem. Yeah. It seems like. But we also like, I think we believe that because we saw what Beasley could do in Denver with Joker. And it's like, I don't want to put too much pressure on him on either of them to replicate like that duo, but it does seem like it would really be fucking fire. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're right. And I think that's, that's something like Jokic and, and Beasley were bomb together i think he and cat could do the same thing it's just and you don't need like i'm not saying beasley's going to come in and be another 20 point but like maybe he is it's just you can't let that kind of potential walk out of your door if you're a young team that is trying desperately to keep cat as happy as possible and wanting him to stick around keep your good players and try to push for a playoff spot dude you just sent maple jordan away yep who was a 20 point scorer more or less but incredibly inefficient. Like Beasley has the chance to be, I think, a consistent 16 to 18 guy. He's also a dude that isn't going to cost you as much money as Maple Jordan. And like, you can fill out the roster with like, you know, Marcus Hall is going to be available. Serge Ibaka is going to be available. Paul Millsap on this team, maybe. I mean, I love Paul Millsap. Like I want him on every team. Maybe Christian Wood another young sure. front court player. Uh, I mean, Gallinari would be really good on that team. Nerland's Noel, maybe like just have a fucking like cheap front court, shut it down. Defense guy. Um, that team. I like what they're doing. I just really don't think that they're close to getting to their optimal point so long as they can't up the ante on defense. Like cats 24, I think 23, 24, like, you know, he's one of the best offensive players in the league. Like now we have to build a team around him to try to augment and enhance his defense. Like that's what needs to get better. And you need a good fucking set of guards to do that. Like Fred Van Vliet on that team would be interesting. Would also be nice. Yeah. I'm not saying no. Uh, all right, so there you go. Those are what we think the moves each non-playoff team needs to make. Natty, before we go, I quickly, we've had, we're getting closer, ever closer to the start of the Orlando bubble and the NBA season. We have had multiple players 
come out and test positive for COVID. We have yet to have, I think DeAndre Jordan is the only player who has officially said that he is not playing. Is that correct? No, I think there have been some others, um, but it's going to be trickling in and the trickle might become like a stream and then it might become a flood and then might just be Giannis and LeBron saying, well, let's just play one-on-one and whoever wins gets the ring. In which case challenge accepted. Are you fucking kidding me? I'll take that in a heartbeat. Uh, So I ask you Natty with things that are moving on with, Stephen A's newfound worry that players won't be able to stay in the bubble because they're all horny as hell and need to have sex. <laughs> Do you, what is your feeling about <laughs> actually being able to see an NBA season this year? Do you think it's going to, are we going to get a full, the full plan or is it going to ultimately blow up? First of all, why does Stephen A think that Orlando isn't the place to go get I, some ass? I just like, love the fact that he is like, what do you he, mean? He doesn't say he's like, these players, they're going, I mean, I mean, I mean, they got needs. I'm, like, I, mean, I, I thought Epcot, like at 730 shut down and became, you know, like laser lights and drinks. What's up? Right. Like jello shots. Yeah. I am going to stick with what we've been saying for the past couple of podcasts, which is that I think it is a good thing to try and to keep trying to plan for it. And then if things change, you can't do it. Like if things remain the same as they are right now, I wouldn't do it. I think it's too dangerous. Uh, I definitely wouldn't do it in Florida, but I do feel like that there's, there are ways to have a season. It's just, you shouldn't do it in a fucking hot spot. And like, that's, that's on like them. Burning burning to the fucking ground it's not a Dude, hot spot it and like some of this is on disney like spot. they have all the sway in the world like they could have said they could have told desantis like this is affecting our business you have to tell people to wear masks right. but they don't do that and not you know corporate america didn't do that really so this is really the owner's faults like they're they wanted to have a season, but they didn't lay the groundwork to make it safe. And it's not just safe for the players, like the Disney staff that are going to be in and out, like it's dangerous for them. And again, like, I don't want to be this, this atomized about it, but like imagine one of the most significant NBA players getting sick or, something worse or imagine this like we've said this before what if lebron james tests positive has to quarantine never gets sick and then the lakers don't advance like there's so much that can go wrong with this but i do think it's okay to try it's just that if things you you have to stop if things are looking bad and that's what's happening with a bunch of the states now like new york might shut down again to a certain extent all the states that didn't wear masks are obviously shutting down because you should wear masks. Um, but it's okay wear to mask. plan. Yo, plan wear for ma- the best. That's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Wear a mask, wear a mask so that we can watch J.R. Smith take the court again in meaningful, meaningful playoff minutes. Dude, the last time we saw J.R. Smith and LeBron on the court, like, yes, LeBron yes. we all know. Had we one all of the know. best and expressions. This is why and- you need to wear a goddamn <laughs> mask. If nothing else, screw your health and the health of others. Wear it so that we can watch LeBron and J.R. take the court one more time. 
together in Dude, the playoffs. Also, to be nerd about it, like that's another tall wing player, and like the Lakers are just fucking gigantic. Yeah, like that is just. I guess that's true. Uh, Avery Bradley has, has said that, hence why J.R. Smith is is now on the Lakers. But anyway, wait. So uh, before we go, like you're yeah. a team that's going go Boston. Like, what's Thank up? You. What would you, you like to see happen? Specifically, as a Boston fan for the Celtics, like assuming everything's safe. Like, oh, I would, is there I mean, someone you'd like to, to pick up? Oh. Is there someone you oh, for like? The Celtics. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would love. I. Isaiah Thomas will forever be in my heart. So I that would, would be love, so nice. That's what I, I would was hoping love to saying, see some yeah. Isaiah Thomas. I don't it would know. Be so nice. He seems open to a, a reunion. I have no idea, but uh, I mean, that would be the, the number one guy on my list. Or if the Cavs decide that they're going to get Tristan Thompson out of there right now, then yeah, bring him over. But Isaiah Thomas is on the open free market is the guy who I would most, I just, I just, I'd root love so to hard him. for the green and I fucking oh hate God, you I guys, just, but it's like, he's yeah. He's yeah. such a, it would be cool. Guy. I would also he's like him to go back to the wizards and just catch fire. Like, that's the thing. If this actually does happen and it's safe, it's going to be so random and strange. It's going to be incredible. It's like, yeah. I mean, their, their plans is like 10 different basketball games in like a six hour period every day. And it's just like, I don't even know how I'm going to process it, but it's going to be heaven on earth. Dude. Like Rudy Gobert says he hasn't fully recovered from the Rona. If he can't play, is Utah going to be more competitive? Because now they have to have like Ed Davis or one of the other front court players, like go to the five and they don't have Boyan, so they're just going to have to go offense, 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 and hope for the best. I like if he can't play, are they a better? T- they're not a better team, but and they're right. dead in the water without Boyan and yeah. Rudy. But I think they'll be a more exciting team to watch Certainly. if they play. Well, we will. There's plenty of time. I think what everyone's reporting tomorrow. Why yeah, it's like July first. Like, how can you tell someone to go to Florida in nine days? Like, get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. But some, yeah, gamma radiation, swallow it. Things are going on track. We got a lot of time to to discuss before actual basketball is played, if it is all played. But, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Fake Teams podcast channels where you can find us. So search Fake Teams wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we are there. Subscribe, drop us a review, give us five stars. If you have any fantasy basketball thoughts or general basketball thoughts, leave them in the comments. We'll address them and talk about them on the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Long 2 Podcast. Uh, Natty, have a good week. Until then. You do the same. Everybody keep marching. It's not done yet. And God Amen. bless you all. Stay safe. Until next week. Bye.